0: They, they, they claim they say these trials were not designed to assess uh, mortality and long-term complications, and and we totally agree with that. That's, that's that's an excellent point, and we totally agree. That is our point actually, <laughs> that we we are in the back about the the effects of these drugs.
1: That Janus Jakobsen from the Copenhagen Clinical Trial Unit and one of the authors of a recent Cochrane review into direct-acting antivirals for hepatitis C. Now there's been a lot of attention given to those new antiviral drugs, partly because of the burden of infection of the disease and the lack of treatment that can be made easily accessible around the world, and partly because of the incredible cost of a course of treatment. But a new article on bmj.com talks about the uncertainty of that treatment. Do we know that the drugs actually clear a hep C infection and that will lead to a corresponding decrease in mortality and morbidity? I'm Duncan Jarvis, multimedia editor for the BMJ. And to find out, I caught up with Yanis to discuss his overview of all the literature. Yanis, thanks for, for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you <laughs> um now you've done a Cochrane review of these drugs, so you've looked at the literature on them um, Now, the measure that they've used in 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 these studies is called sustained virological response, so that is there's no detectable virus um in the blood after treatment twelve yeah. to twenty four weeks later. Yeah. Now, as you point out in the article, this is a proxy measure, so it might not be clinically meaningful. And I wonder kind of why that is, Um, you know, is it that the harm caused by the virus might be kind of ongoing? So, you know, um, the damage to the liver is already done. So, you know, uh, removing the virus then then doesn't change the kind of course of of outcomes. Um, Or is it to do with the fact that you know, we're talking about the blood, which is one system in the body, and and you know maybe that doesn't map over to other infection sites. So, you know, why is it that that you don't think that um, that viral levels in the blood is is necessarily the right measure?
0: Well, well, the the, the hypotheses you just presented were, were possible explanations. So that you could consider those. I, I'm. Um, uh, there are different levels of researchers. I'm. We're doing at at the Copenhagen Trial Unit. We're doing clinical intervention research. So so base, uh, What that means is that we we are not so interested in theoretical uh, explanations of, of, of these um, uh, these uh, mechanisms or whatever. We 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 aim at at uh, clinical outcomes uh, relevant for the patients and. Um, you have to 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 show that you actually benefit the patients on clinically relevant outcomes, or you have to validate the surrogate outcomes. Show that the exact patients who experience uh, or achieve uh, the biological response also have the better uh, clinical um, prognosis, and that has not been done uh, within this field within hepatitis C. So. We're not saying it's a we're not saying it's a it's a, it's a bad surrogate outcome or, or the, the direct acting antivirals do not work. We're not saying that. We are saying there's a lack of evidence. We don't know, we don't know.
1: As could say, did, did none of the uh and we'll get on to, to the data that you looked at in a little bit, but did none of them measure outcomes um, beyond uh the the virus level in the blood? Yes, yes, they did. Uh,
0: was some uh, some data on mortality that was our primary outcome. Um, there was some data on on the on the risk of a, a serious adverse event, uh, and uh, there was a, a little data on quality of life. Um, we we use uh, it's a little bit complex, but we use a. A methodology called sequential analysis to to analyze if we have actually information enough to to reject or confirm intervention effects and and there was actually enough data uh, when assessing risk of serious adverse events so so, um, so and and the the conclusion was that there was no no effect of um, on on these risk of serious adverse events if if you kind of add up all 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 Types of serious adverse events into one. It's called the composite outcome. And and, um, and if you look at that risk, we could reject that direct acting and virus had any beneficial effects. But um, so uh, most of the trials, almost all of the trials, focused on sustained neurological response, but but some of them also assessed other outcomes.
1: Mm um now uh in your review you looked at 138 trials and um that's made up of 51 of these direct acting antivirals um and i thought it's interesting that you noted in the article that all of the trials all 138 were at high risk of bias um and i just wonder you know in what way were they at risk Uh, were they all sort of similarly um biased in the in the same way
0: the, the, the quality of the, the methodological quality of the trials was, was very, very cool. Um And it's difficult to, to point out uh, certain uh, types of bias because they had a lot of problems. Um, but uh, blinding is, is one uh, bias risk domain we assessed. Um, uh, funding for, for, if for profit bias, if, if, if there was a risk that the pharmaceutical companies um, that produced these drugs uh, had uh, influence on the on the uh, interpretation or the design of the trials, um, uh, risk of publication bias, um, lack of of a, a protocol, uh, pre-defining the methodology, and so on and so forth. So yes, it's true. Uh, unfortunately, um, all of the trials were, were were at high risk of bias.
1: Mm. Um and i think it's also i mean you mentioned that um that some of them did look at mortality um but that none of them showed a decrease on mortality but you know the the length of um uh, of the trials was was incredibly short and i wonder you know within that do you think there would have been much of a chance to to actually look at at something that's such a long term um outcome like mortality um it's difficult
0: to say uh, because, uh, of course, the the, the follow up periods. Uh, I think uh, the follow up period ranges between one uh, week to one hundred and twenty weeks, which is uh, even one hundred and twenty weeks is is a relatively short period of time. Uh, average follow up period was thirty four weeks, um, so 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 uh, less than a year, and 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 that's of course very very short when you. Consider uh, the complications due to these drugs. Um, so, 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 if you're asking me if, if we have good evidence for the long-term effects of these drugs, <laughs> I absolutely ag- agree that we we have almost no evidence. Uh, so we are totally in the dark about about the 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 the, the, the long-term effects. I think this, this this our review has been criticized, and and um, uh, several of these. Uh, uh, articles they, they criticize us for that they, they, they claim they say these trials were not designed to assess uh, mortality and long-term complications and and we totally agree with that that's, that's that's an excellent point and we totally agree that is our point actually <laughs> that we we are in the back about the the effects of these drugs so so um uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, very very sh- uh, short term trials. Uh, uh, just um, emphasizing our conc- conclusion that uh, long term effects are, are,
1: are unknown. Mm. Um, and some of the, the critics of your of your um, review have also pointed out that you know at least if we look at at the UK registry, there there might be um, a small decrease in in the rate of. Uh, Deaths in in recently, and uh, the number of uh, liver transplants needed.
0: Well, th- that's based on 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 non-randomised studies, on observational evidence, and and uh, again, I think these hepatologists <laughs> who criticise us for this, they are a little bit behind, um, because in within other areas of medicine, we we have moved on, and and and, and of course realised that we cannot conclude anything with certainty about uh, intervention effects based on observational studies we need the trial we need the randomized trial otherwise you're comparing if you're comparing treated uh, patients with untreated patients in in a, in a cohort right you're com- you you there is a great great risk that you're just comparing totally different patients you you are comparing patients with different uh, degrees of severity disease severity maybe different genes, maybe they smoke differently or they drink more or less alcohol. We know based on history, based on simulation studies, based on several empirical studies that that we cannot trust the observational evidence, the non-randomized studies. We cannot conclude anything with certainty. So um, I I, I don't like this real-life evidence word (laughs) term because it indicates that this okay this is how what happens in real life this is this is exactly the opposite it doesn't reflect the results of the non-randomized studies does not reflect real life so to speak Uh, you need the trial Uh,
1: so you're a methodologist um tell us what what do you think uh, how would you design a trial or a study um that would actually maybe answer some of the questions remaining about these drugs a, a bit more definitively
0: uh I, I wouldn't assess uh, sustained biological response because we have uh, a lot of data on that, and I don't think it's really relevant. I would look at um, at all post mortality uh, as a uh, as a primary outcome, and I would look at uh, the complications we know that the patients often have with uh, hepatitis C. I see this. Uh, Variceal bleeding, um, uh, hepatocellular carcinoma, cancer in the liver. Um, I would look at the quality of life, um, and I would look at the risk of uh, adverse events. All of these things I, I mentioned to you, are, are, you cannot, you cannot discuss, you cannot question whether they're relevant to the patient. They are very relevant to all patients, and 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 that, what that's what you want. If you have, uh, let's say, we have some results after two years and there is absolutely no difference, okay. Then we know that there is no difference after two years, and then we will, of course, follow the patients uh, in the long term and 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 uh, and um, and assess if there if there are differences uh, later on. But um, I, w- I would design a pragmatic trial with with a really good randomization, totally blinded. All parties should be blinded: the conclusion drawers, the statisticians, the uh, p- participants treatment providers all of the uh, relevant um um uh, people should be blinded uh using really good statistics
1: <laughs> and um you know you have got an eye over clinical trial registries and so on is is anyone actually doing that at the moment
0: no not not to my knowledge um we are aware of uh, of a couple um uh Ongoing trials, they are very small. Uh, they, again, focus on, on sustained biological response. Um, so, unfortunately, no.
1: Mm. Um, no, I mean, the the picture you paint isn't, isn't great. Um, so where do you think this leaves, you know, a health system like the NHS in the UK, um, which... Which is paying for these drugs, but they're incredibly expensive, and it's kind of struggling to to afford them. Where do you think this leaves them?
0: Um, if I, I think that's a difficult question for a researcher and a clinician yes. like me. I'm I'm not a politician. I'm not going to be a politician. So, I, I think they should they should. Uh, I I just try to or we just just try to present the evidence as as validly as we can. But, uh, I think. If, if I think if I was a politician, I would um, tomorrow uh, launch a, a large uh, randomized trial, a large pragmatic randomized trial focusing on clinically important outcomes with the with the methodology we discussed earlier and 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 uh, use all the money we are using now on, on treating patients to um, on, on a, a, a trial. We use a lot of money on these uh, patients. And we don't know uh, whether uh, the, the drugs benefit the patients or not. So, I think we have the uh, the, the, the money, and and we just need um, some um, focus on on on, uh, on, on these um, on assessing the the effects.
1: Mm. And um and as you say, you're you're a clinician. So, um, if one of your patients with hepatitis C Came in and asked you about these drugs, and, and you know, given the burden of disease and the stress and, and the fear that goes along, um, with having the infection. I mean, what would you say to them? I would do
0: uh, what as I as I try to do with all my patients. I would inform the patient very carefully um, uh, about the, the evidence i think i think uh, almost all patients can, can if you try to, to explain it in a simple way uh, you you could uh, yeah you can you can get the the information communicated in, in, a, in a good way so i would inform them about uh, the uh, uh, the evidence it has been shown that they um, seem to eradicate the virus from the blood but the uh, clinical effects are uncertain and there's a risk that it uh, they, they do more harm than good. And there is also a, a chance that they, they benefit, but we don't know.
1: You've been listening to Janus Jakobsen talk about his article, Do Direct Acting Antivirals cure Chronic Hepatitis C, which is available now on bnj.com. That's all for this podcast. We'll be back next week with more education, Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss out on that. You can also find our fullback catalogue if you look at bmj.com slash podcasts. Hundreds of episodes all available for free. I'm Duncan Jarvis. Thanks for listening.